When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome to Dead and Roasted. What can I get you? Running a coffee shop might be stressful, but at least I'm not a doctor. Imagine all the new research reports you'd have to keep up with, how much debt from school you end up with, not to mention all those patients who trust you with their lives. Sorry to say it, but I'm happy that my only way to help in an emergency situation would be to throw coffee at people. Well, hello there and welcome back. I've got one long story for you today about a doctor who has encountered loads of high strangeness during their career. So insert your caffeine drip and let's dive in, shall we? This is a tale from the break room. My Compilation of Odd Experiences From Ami Dalari I am a female doctor in the spectrum, and as of now, I have worked in different places, both hospitals and clinics. And let me tell you something. There are tons of creepy sightings, either by workers, patients, or their families. Allow me to share some with you. The following few stories all happened at a hospital that I worked at. One night, I was working on the computer at the doctor's lounge, making some follow-up notes on my patients. My coworkers were there as well. We were all cheerfully chatting and joking when a nurse came into the room and said, I think the patient in bed 369 is having a heart attack. Can someone go check? As I hadn't finished my work yet, my friends told me to stay, check the record, and they would call if they needed me. So I did that. They left the room and I immediately checked on the system to see what kind of patient we were dealing with. To my surprise, there was no one listed under bed 369. I must have misheard that bed number, I thought, so I sent a text to our group chat. Multiple people answered, 369. Weird, I thought. A few minutes passed and I didn't hear from them again. Suddenly, my phone buzzed with a text. Someone else was asking for clarification on the bed number. I was puzzled. I texted back that it was 369. We'd all heard the same number, so we couldn't all be wrong, right? After some time, they came back and said there wasn't anyone in that bed. Someone even checked with the nurse station. They said there wasn't any patient in that bed since the day before, and at the moment, there was no patient in need of a doctor. When my friend described the nurse who called for assistance, the nurses at the station were all confused. There was no nurse employed here that matched that description. We were all perplexed and a bit annoyed 
because it was probably just a prank, but we never did figure it out for sure. Probably just a joke. I always had good luck, so my shifts would always be nice and quiet. On one night in particular, I was incredibly bored, so I went to the nurse's station to find someone to chat with. There, I found some nurses who were also bored as they finished their work, so I asked them about their scary experiences around the hospital. They all looked at each other and they say, yeah, in unison. Do you really want to know? One of them asked. Of course, I responded back eagerly. They all laughed at me. One of them said, okay, doc, I've got one for you. During my first week working in here, my mentor told me this story to scare me. I thought she was trying to get me to quit, but she had a serious face while telling me. She continued to explain. Back in the 1950s, there was an inpatient at this very hospital named Jane. She fell extremely ill out of nowhere. Doctors could not understand what was going on. Several tests were conducted. Some empiric treatments were given, but there was no improvement to her condition. As the days went by, the woman kept getting worse and worse, but at the same time, things began to happen on the floor her room was on, the third floor. The lights would go off at random times, then go back on. At some point, the other patients began to say they heard screams in the halls, but when the nurses would go and check, there would be no one to be found, no source to the screams. Later on, Jane stopped eating too. Her health worsened, but also the things got worse too. The patients around her would complain about screams, but now somehow it all came from within Jane. People reported hearing three or five different voices coming from her throat. She would move and her bones would crack, making terrible noises. Her body would contort into awkward and unnatural positions. She would vomit blood and cry out loud for God to help her. But she never did receive the right help. Apparently, medicine and science couldn't help her. Her family asked for a priest to ask God to help her soul, either to save her or to end her pain. When the priest arrived, all the lights went out and horrible screaming would burst from within her guttural, horrible screams. She said, leave, leave now. I can't take it. It doesn't want you here. She would squirm violently with pain. At some point, the priest got up and left, arguing that his presence there was not helping her condition. She needed special help, so he would ask his superiors for the authorization to perform an exorcism. Sadly, she didn't hang on that long. She died from organ failure due to chronic bleeding. At least, that was what the report said. But the nurses back then said her body just wouldn't hold what was in her. When the nurse finished that story, I was astounded. I lightheartedly said, let me guess, she was in the West Wing. How do you know? She asked. Just a guess. That side of the hospital always gives me the creeps. I responded, remembering the thing about bed 369. Well, you're right. She was in bed 360 or something along those lines. I didn't have time to properly think about what she said when another nurse added, 
my turn to scare the doctor. And so she began her story. I worked in the ER for a long time when I was younger, but my feet can't handle that anymore. I appreciate the calmness around here, she stopped herself. As context, at the hospital, it's pretty much forbidden to say calm when describing a shift because things can get pretty hectic out of nowhere. Everyone just stared daggers at her. Anyway, she continued, something that I'm pretty certain that did happen and probably still does in this hospital are the rounds from the nurse in black. I personally never saw her, but a lot of patients would tell me about her. They described her as always wearing her uniform, one exactly like ours, but all black. They would say that she was as beautiful as an angel, tall and slim, with perfect skin, green eyes, and long, dark hair. She would sometimes appear walking from a door, checking on the patients inside, and she'd even talk to them. She would try to calm them, saying a little prayer, or simply uttering a few nice words. This wasn't a one-time occurrence. Multiple patients reported seeing her, and they would mention her with great fondness. Even our isolated patients sometimes mentioned seeing her. The thing is, there wasn't anyone that worked here that looked like that, and there is no black uniform allowed here. But the scary part is, the patients that prayed with her would die a few days after. Not from awfully scary things, but some of them were okay one day and the next, their condition would worsen. As I said, I never saw her myself, but a coworker of mine swears he did. I don't want to know anything about her, to be honest. As she finished the story, they all nodded in an I feel you kind of way, which was probably the creepiest part. Then a young nurse that joined us halfway through said, Oh, I have one too. Probably all of you have experienced this by now, but it just happened to me a few days ago. I feel like I need to get it off my chest, she said in a sheepish voice. As some of you might know, I've been working here for a few months now. I've been stationed at the hematology department in the pediatric wing, and since I'm the newbie, I only get night shifts, so it's been crazy. I mean, I don't mind the long, boring hours, but the laughs, man, those laughs. She grabbed her head in her hands. It's been too much sometimes. I hate scary movies because I'm so jumpy, so this sometimes feels like a bad joke from the universe. Sometimes things I leave in certain places will disappear and reappear somewhere else. Then I hear sounds, kids laughing at hours they shouldn't be playing, balls bouncing without anyone being around, the playground area moving on its own. Just the other day, the head nurse called me to her office because there was a complaint about some kids running in the hallway. When I told her I only had one kid admitted, whom I knew was sleeping with his mom at the time. She only told me to keep them quiet, then proceeded to send me on my way. What was I supposed to do? Ground a ghost kid for eternity? I'm ashamed to say I'm scared of my job. I mean, I love kids and all that, but not those kinds of kids. The nurses around her reassured her, and just like that, we finished our little storytelling session. By then, we had rounds to do, the days passed on, everything seemed normal, seeing normal patients, 
except for the woman who tried to hit me, saying we weren't even trying to fix her father, but she didn't understand that what we were doing was the proper treatment, and he was nearly ready to be discharged, but oh well. One night during my rounds, I asked one of my patients how she was feeling. She broke her hip, and due to her age and numerous illnesses, she wasn't a candidate for a surgical repair of the damage. She said she was okay, but she was sick of the children. Obviously, I asked her what she meant. After all, there were no kids allowed in that area. Then she told me, The children, the kids that were making noises, loud noises, they were jumping and running around my bed, and when they saw you coming, they hid under the bed. I knew there weren't any kids, because I would have seen them on the way in. But to make her happy, I checked under her bed. But I didn't see anything. I told her the kids weren't in here anymore. And that made her happy, I guess. I of course checked to see if she had other symptoms of delirium, a condition in which you'd sense things that aren't there, which was common in her state. But no, she seemed mentally fine beyond that. Curiously, they did bother her again. That wasn't the only time that patients complained about the children hiding under their beds. This happened at least four times in different floors and different wings. A few months later, I began working at an early stimulation center, a place for kids under five years old to develop their potential, and where rehabilitation was given to the ones who needed it, whether they needed help with their speech, movement, or anything else. It was pretty awesome what people did in there. In fact, every assignment was amazing, except mine. I would only check on kids or their parents if they were feeling sick, which meant a few runny noses per week, if anything. So I'd always wander the halls trying to be useful in some way. I learned a lot about different kinds of therapy. I would always ask the therapists if I could observe their sessions and ask questions about their experience with one thing or another. That helped me keep going for a few months and it was the reason I didn't quit earlier. One day I was scrolling through my phone when out of nowhere I heard someone screaming. Then I saw the head therapist running through the main hall while screaming at the top of her lungs. Of course, we all ran to see what was up. She was crying hysterically, but she managed to say between sobs, I was finishing my paperwork, my room was all empty. Then out of nowhere, I hear a little kid's voice say to me, Can we play? I was confused, so I checked under my desk, even though I knew no one was there. Then I heard a ball bouncing a few feet away from me, so I ran, and here I am now. We were all astonished at her story. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, 
where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Just a few weeks after this, I was walking to a meeting that was about to start in the conference room. I then realized I forgot my phone in my office, so I quickly went back to grab it. But just as I was about to enter my office, I heard clear as day a child's voice say, Doctor. I paid it no mind and grabbed my phone anyways, until I realized that since all the staff was in the meeting, and there was no children in the facilities at the time, I shouldn't be hearing a child's voice. So I started to check around to see where the voice came from. It sounded a lot like it came from the same room where the head therapist had gotten frightened. But the room was closed at the moment, and there was no one in there. There was a window pane in the door, so I could see inside, and the lights were all on, so it'd be obvious if someone was in there. But I didn't see a soul. At that point, I was thinking, weird. Later on, I asked the staff if there were any children for any reason in there, but I got the same answer from everyone. No. So if you ask me now, yes, a ghost talked to me, and the only thing I thought was, Nope, probably not talking to me. After all, the voice said doctor. This was in Mexico, and the female term would have been doctora, if referring to me, so I had assumed that they weren't talking to me. At some point in my life, I had to do some volunteering, as it was mandatory in order for me to graduate. Hence, I worked at a rural hospital as a medical resident for some time. It was an incredibly creepy place, some rooms gave me the chills more than others, but they were all creepy, especially at night, since it had pretty bad lighting. I mean, that's probably the reason I saw shadows sometimes at the corner of my eye, right? It's quite normal to see shadows of people walking, 
even when I know for a fact no one else is around, I hope. That's probably the reason why I didn't even flinch when one of the nurses told me she took a selfie and saw a shadow person appearing in the image behind her. It was exactly that, the complete silhouette of a person standing right next to her. As we were looking at this creepy selfie and trying to see it better, her phone just died. Its battery was drained. Then of course she realized she didn't have her charger with her, which was just bad luck. The next time I saw her, I asked about the picture, and she told me she deleted it, because her husband told her it was bad juju. A few nights after that, I was pretty busy, doing nothing during my shift. It was around 4am, which meant I usually had nothing to do at the hour. People usually wait till the end of my shift to arrive. All alone and bored, I went to check if there was anyone waiting to be assigned to me. Plus, sometimes the guy at the registration office would fall asleep. When I got there, I saw a guy patiently waiting and sitting there. Uh, excuse me, can I help you? I asked. Oh, hi, doctor. He answered in a cheerful voice. Yes, my brother is outside. I had a hard time getting him in the car. It's a small one, you know, and his leg is dangling in an awful, unnatural way. It hurts him too. His hip is broken or something and any movement is too much pain for him. Can you please come out to the parking lot to check on him? I'm exhausted from all the acrobatics we had to do to get him inside the car. He finished with a smile. Now that seemed weird. I mean, I wouldn't be smiling if my brother had a broken leg and was in pain. Also, his voice, it was overly sweet and calm. The best way I could describe it was a performance. As he said all of this, I was having a soliloquy in my head. I was thinking, yeah, dude, of course I would go outside to the dark parking lot without anyone else around. Would you like my phone and ID while I'm at it? I could even tie myself up for you too. Now, I may have some filter when I talk, but my face doesn't lie. I was never a good liar because my face always gave it away. As politely as I could, I said, Sir, it's forbidden that I go out while working. There are cameras everywhere and I could get fired. But he's in pain. Yes, but I can't even check on him in there, can I? I retorted, which was true. But I can't move him. It was a pain to get him in there. Just come with me, please, and see what it is. He said, beginning to lose his cool and fake sweetness. I'll get a nurse to help you, don't worry. A woman won't help much, he said. Don't worry, he is a big and strong guy, and he'll be able to do it without breaking a sweat. I then left walking backwards as to keep an eye on him, and just as I did, he went outside. I calmly explained everything to my co-workers, and they went to check where I found the man. But he was gone. The car that had been in the parking lot was no longer there, but I did see the security guy doing his rounds. He came inside and I went over to talk to him. Right away he told me please not to go outside. He explained he saw a shady guy waiting near a car while another man entered the clinic. Now I might be wrong doctor, but the guy standing outside was hiding in the dark by the car, and at some point, the one who went inside came rushing back out and they both got in and sped away. I asked him, was there anyone inside the car? No, he responded. And the guy in the dark, did he seem injured or... I don't know, but he ran quite fast. Does that count? 
Yes, it did, because my intuition was correct, apparently, and because I wouldn't probably be here writing this right now if I'd gone outside with that man. Thankfully, those days were over in a blink of an eye, and I went back to the city to work in a different clinic, which didn't have night shifts, thank God. In that place, I met a man who told me a weird story. I don't know if it's true, but he seemed to believe it. He didn't have any records of mental illness, and to be honest, I didn't think he was schizophrenic, nor a drug user or anything like it. He was just scared. Also, it didn't happen only to him. It happened to his wife too, according to both of them. This is what he told me. I think I'm going crazy. I don't know what to think. I might be losing my mind, I guess. When he started, he had a pained look on his face. I've been having some extremely odd nights for a few weeks now. It started as nothing, and I thought I was overreacting. I even took my cat outside of my room at night, and he'd cry all night to be let back inside. But it still didn't stop. I don't know. I just don't know. My wife and I were getting these marks on our skin that looked like scratches. We thought it was the cat, although he never did that before. But I guess he could have started at some point, right? But when I left him outside our room for a while, it got worse. We both would get scratches all over our bodies. My wife would get them deeper and larger. I just don't know how to help her. Things get moved from one place to another too, without us noticing at first. Then the sounds. Ugh, am I going crazy? That was a hard one for sure. I still don't know what to think of it, to be honest. I guess I wasn't the right help he needed. He seemed healthy, according to the psych evaluation, so I want to believe what he was saying. When I met my girlfriend Nadia, we'd hang out all the time. We were a happy young couple, but then out of nowhere, boom, COVID. So as an excuse to be able to expend some time together during the pandemic, we worked from home some days. Since she's also an MD, we organized ourselves a room at her house as our station, and we'd attend phone calls or video chats with patients to do follow-ups. If needed, we would check on them in person, or refer them to the hospital. At first, nothing weird happened at her house, probably because we were too busy in our own little world. But I always felt uneasy at her house. I'm as awkward as I can be, so at first I thought that was it. When I visit her home, even now, sometimes I feel watched, like if something was looking over my shoulder. Plus, I sometimes feel this presence staring at me. It was, and still is, utterly creepy. I can't tell her these kinds of things because she gets super creeped out, and then she gets anxious. So to keep her sanity intact, I try to keep it all to myself. But not too long ago, Nadia asked me out of nowhere if I thought there was something at her grandma's, because that house always creeped her out. Therefore, I told her I did feel uneasy, especially towards one of the rooms. It feels kind of weird, I told her. Uh, it gives me goosebumps, and I can't keep myself from staring at its closed door every once in a while. It just feels wrong. I don't know how to put it otherwise, I explained while remembering the feeling and shuddering. She stared at me for a moment, then replied, Well, I'll tell you a story. It happened to my granny a few years back. 
I'm not quite sure if it's real or not, but she always looked scared when she tells this story. One night she was sleeping in her room when suddenly she felt a presence at the foot of her bed. She woke up thinking that one of her kids were there waiting for permission to crawl into bed with her. Then she sat on the bed and tiredly rubbed her eyes. As she opened them, she saw some thing. There was what she described as a monkey-like creature with a tail that ended in a pointy arrow, and it had tiny horns. It stared at her with red glowing eyes. She yelled as loud as she could, and her eldest son came rushing up to the room. But when he came in, the thing was already gone. Ever since that day, she never slept in that room again, not once. I was speechless trying to imagine all that, about to ask a hundred different questions, then she asked me if I felt anything at her house. Since I was already hyped up on the subject, I told her how I always felt weird in the dining room, like if someone was staring at me from the living room poking its head from the doorstep. As I told her this, her mom entered the room and my girlfriend asked her if she felt anything supernatural in the house. Her mom told her exactly what I said, almost word for word. I think that her mom might be sensitive too. Months before this happened, my mother-in-law and I were preparing dinner, and we both heard a voice from the laundry room. It was some sort of scream. We both looked, and there was nothing. No one. We knew prior that it was empty, but we still checked anyway, and we still saw nothing. We stared at one another. Then she asked, You heard that, right? And I told her I did. I clearly did. On another occasion, something similar happened. But this time we heard the door opening and closing in my girlfriend's room. There was no one there again. Nadia was outside with her brother. So there was no one there to be opening and closing doors like that. So yeah... We just closed the door and kept prepping our dinner. Some time ago, I was in Nadia's room just hanging out, checking my phone. I began to hear some strange noises. It was subtle at first, so I automatically thought it was the current from the fan. No big deal. But then it grew a bit louder, so I turned my head to the place I heard it, and it stopped just as fast as it started. I still paid no mind to this, and I went back to my phone. But then, I heard some weirder noise. It sounded like metal against metal, like if the USB cables from the chargers were rustling. So again, I looked up, yet I saw nothing weird. Of course, I got scared, thinking there might be some sort of uninvited guest, the kind that makes my heart pound, my skin crawl, and my blood rush a mouse. The truth is, I'm a 5'6 baby when it comes to mice. When I told Nadia about it, it went like this. Hey, I have to tell you something. I don't want you to get scared, but I can't keep this to myself anymore. I admitted, being as extra as I could. We joke like that all the time. She cut me off midway, saying, I know, I didn't want to confront this nor acknowledge it, but I can't keep pretending it's not happening. I was like, dang, so she knows about it. She explained, The other day when we were napping, I got really scared. 
I woke up due to some noise. It sounded like someone saying something. I don't remember if it was my name or your name it called, but I felt it in my ear, low but clear, and it tickled. When she said that, I opened my eyes like a deer in headlights. I mean, I was talking about a tiny mouse or maybe even a rat. Not that. She looked at me sheepishly and scared all at once, so I told her it was probably just a nightmare. Yesterday, she was looking for something in her brother's room. She started to hear some weird noises in the room. Again, there was no one else there, nor in the house at all for that matter. Their chihuahua was soundly asleep, and there is only one bed and one closet inside that room. She told me it was super odd, because it sounded like what monsters sound like in the movies, like a low and deep growl. Being completely honest, I don't know how to describe the sound it made. Did I mention that her father kept her grandfather's hospital bed in her room for a while after he passed? He had been average height, slim, sort of like what I perceive from the corner of my eye. I wonder if that has to do with anything. Or am I just crazy? Tales from the Break Room is a viewer-submitted podcast featuring allegedly true scary stories that happened on the way to, on the way from, or at work. If you want your story to be narrated on the show, send it to us at eeriecast.com submit. As of April 14th, we're paying three cents per word for stories that are approved and make it onto the show. Submission does not guarantee approval or payment. For a limited time only, PayPal only. Tales from the Break Room is an EerieCast network original podcast hosted by Darkness Prevails. You can follow him on Twitter at Dark Prevails, and you can hear thousands more stories read by him on our other show, Unexplained Encounters. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate Tales from the Break Room on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also enjoy plenty more horror-themed podcasts at EerieCast.com. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.